Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Word Podcast. We continue through with our examination of James. We're in the third chapter. And we're seeing that he's dealing with the issue of the tongue. Oh, my. <clears throat> How it is um, we use the tongue, what we say. Are we speaking forth blessings? Are we speaking forth curses? So we've already covered the first 10 verses, but we would do well to go back and, and reread those again because we're going to be jumping in the middle of the account if we don't. He continues to give examples of this. So let's just start with verse 1. He says, Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter in judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, they are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also, the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members, as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. Now, that's up through the first six verses. Let me just say something here. Notice what he said, that with the rudder of the ship, that the ship was directed in whatever direction, whatever the inclination of the pilot was. And that's how the tongue is. The tongue in and of itself doesn't do this. It is piloted by something. <clears throat> it's controlled by something. It's controlled by our spirit, by our mind. And so the tongue is that very vessel of our mind which directs the entirety of the body. And the way it's described here at the end of the sixth verse, and it's set on fire by hell itself. Now, verse 7. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed, by the human race, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, we need to realize the power of the spoken word. It says that we bless God, our Lord and Father, but then we curse men. And quite often we forget that the initial one that we curse all the time is ourselves. And we do that in so many ways. We speak forth negative things, okay? We speak forth <clears throat> the curse side of something rather than speaking forth who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ, rather than speaking forth the blessing that we have in Him. And he says these things ought not to be this way. And then he gives more examples, verses 11, 12, and 13. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? 
Well, the unstated answer is, well, of course not. If, if a fountain has bitter water, it's not going to have fresh in the midst of it. Another example, verse 12. Can a fig tree, my brethren, notice how he keeps driving home, my brethren, my brothers. He, he's appealing to them. Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives or a vine produce figs? And so, again, the unstated answer is no. Each one will produce the fruit of that which it is. <laughs> and so if we find our tongue speaking forth curses all the time, if we find our tongue speaking forth negative, if we find our tongue speaking, up the, uh, speaking forth the words of hell itself constantly, then what can we say about our spirit? What can we say about our relationship? Well, he gives another example, verse 12. Nor can salt water produce fresh. So he gives these several examples that the fruit of something, the production of something, will be what the something is. <laughs> That's a rather cumbersome way to say it, isn't it? But no, if, if you're a fig tree, you're going to produce figs. If it's an olive tree, you're going to produce olives. Verse 13, who among you is wise and understanding? So he asked this other question. He said, hey, who is it among you that's wise and understanding? Can you see what's being said here? Then he says this, let him show by his good behavior, his deeds in gentleness of wisdom. In other words, if you are wise, if you're understanding, if you're truly saved, if you're truly a believer, you're, you will manifest the fruit of the Spirit and not the deeds of the flesh. Now, he's speaking to those who are brethren. He said it repeatedly. There's obviously a problem with some things happening right here, and we all grow in righteousness. We grow in sanctification, right? We realize, wait a minute, I shouldn't speak this way. I shouldn't say these things. But then he starts dealing with what maybe the foundation is of some of these issues. Verse 14. Well, let me read 13 again because it flows into it. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds and the gentleness of wisdom. <clears throat> but... If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. Oh, so he's sort of cutting to the chase now. He say, if you have bitter jealousy, if you have selfish ambition in your heart, don't be arrogant and don't lie against the truth. That is what is driving this type of uh, response, this type of talk, rather than speaking blessing to speak forth cursing. It's bitter jealousy. It's selfish ambition. And so he's telling us, don't be arrogant about this. <clears throat> don't lie against the truth. In other words, you know what the truth is. Okay? You're hearing the truth. You've received the truth. I'm reminding you of the truth. You know what the truth is. So don't be arrogant. Don't lie against the truth. He continues on, verse 15. This wisdom is not that which comes from above, but is earthly. <clears throat> natural, demonic. Whoa. So he's saying if you're functioning this way, if you're living this way, if the wisdom that you have that you're bringing forth, which sounds so eloquent, is driven by bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, if you're arrogant, if you're lying against the truth, if you refuse to receive the truth, then this is not wisdom from above, but this is the wisdom from below. And he describes it this way as earthly, as natural, as demonic, so much of what passes as wisdom and counsel 
and insight within the organizational church is exactly this. It's not the wisdom from above. It's the wisdom from the flesh. It's the wisdom of man. It's the wisdom that is driven by bitter jealousy. It's the wisdom that's driven by selfish ambition. It's the wisdom that's driven by a heart that is not totally the Lord's. Someone may be actually saved, but they're functioning within the soulish realm. They're functioning within the fleshly realm. They are earthly. They're natural. They are under the influence of the demonic. And people will say, well, that can't be because if you're saved, then you can't be possessed. Well, yes and no. You cannot be possessed with the evil one within your spirit because you have the Holy Spirit, but you can quench the Holy Spirit and you can open doors to where the enemy will come in within your flesh and come in within the soulish area, within the soulish realm. Verse 16, quickly, our time's running out. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every kind of evil. And so that's what he's revealing them. Something was going on there where he was aware of this. <clears throat> that there was jealousy, there was selfish ambition. And because of this, their tongues were wagging. What did that bring forth? It brought forth disorder, and it brought forth every evil. Sounds a lot like what we encounter within the organizational church and what is uh, quite often tempted within the organism, the body of Christ itself, to function this way. Do not live this way. Realize that the Lord is calling us to something far, far greater as His body. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you next time.